I got it. When I first heard about Dave being trapped in a maze. One, two, three, four. I built a labyrinth. Can you believe it? Dave is trapped in a cardboard maze in his living room and he can't get out. Welcome to Dave Made a Minute, the podcast where a whole bunch of us are exploring the film Dave Made a Maze one minute at a time. The twist. Many of the participants have never seen the film. Some don't even know what film they're sampling. They get their minutes and they tackle them as they see fit. Here's your host from the Groundhog Day Project and Michael Myers Minute, Robert Black. Minute 48, Dave wanders off and Annie follows. Sandwich note, back in minute 10, Dave suggested they drop sandwiches and baggies into the maze. And we saw Annie making them, minutes 10 through 11. To tackle minute 48, we have Gary Roby of Harry Potter Minute and Cassandra Fredrickson of Lord of the Rings Minute. You come home, there's a giant maze in your living room. You're like, what the... There's a giant maze in my living room. I've heard of people rearranging the furniture, but this is wackadoodle crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Did I promise? Did I promise to my It's like a fucking cocktail party in here. I get a few words from you before you go. Welcome back, everybody, to Dave Made a Minute, uh, where we're analyzing Dave Made a Maze one, one chaotic minute at a time. <laughs> I'm Gary Roby from Harry Potter Minute. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson from Lord of the Rings Minute. And uh, we're here talking about minute number 48, which is very quiet minute, actually, uh, mm-hmm. all things considered. Um, we get the very end of this bit of conversation where, like, yesterday in the interview, he was saying, and people may have died, and, like, and then it, like, I think we were cut. And this is the minute he just says, I'm sorry. <laughs> And then we get... Yeah, he... he Doesn't he say if that's the case? If that's the case, sorry. yeah. He yeah. Was, if that's the case, then... And then we got cut off. So here we get the... Just that last bit, the... I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. And then we get the interview saying... Tertiarily. <laughs> Which, like, if we had done this minute just alone, would make no sense. There's some people... There are some people that are doing episodes of this movie of for this podcast that are only doing, like one minute or like like a couple of minutes but they're like one and then one later like just out of context like i'm glad we got four in a row yeah because otherwise i think i'd be like i think i'd be so lost like so much more lost i should say because like thinking about especially this minute in particular like you can kind of extrapolate what's happening from the others because there's a lot lot more dialogue and a lot more of him talking but like what? <laughs> like tertiarily. Yeah. But that's it. He ends the interview. He takes the the mic off and like walks away. He's just done. Uh so so we leave this little like, interview space and we cut to like there's like a little hallway that he goes into. That's this mm-hmm. uh hexagonal hallway that's like full of holes. And this makes me think of this makes me think of Star Wars. And I was oh, that's funny. trying for so long to figure out why. And I think it's because like this looks like a hallway on the Death Star. Yeah, it gives me um I was gonna say it gives me Doctor Who vibes. Oh um, or just like generic space show. Sure. Yeah, there's something like I think like, it's the lighting. Uh-huh. I agree. I kinda like this little hallway. Is this light outside? Like, could they just, like, bust through this wall? No. I mean, yeah? Could they just bust through this wall and be outside? I don't know. I don't think so. 
But that makes me wonder where the light's coming from. I don't know. (laughs) I know. I don't know. I I know you don't have answers for me. Right? It's just like, um, uh, are these rhetorical questions or Uh, is he expecting me to like? (laughs) uh, Sad. It's just, I don't, uh, yeah, I guess they're rhetorical. Sure. Would he though, like, would he break the maze? I don't think so. Um, like based on these four minutes, I don't think so. Either. Yeah, I th- he's really precious about this. Like he wants to finish it. Like I don't think that. I think that dismantling it sort of takes apart everything that that he's done. Like mm-hmm. his entire goal or intention was to like make something and finish something that would be memorable, and mm-hmm. and tearing that apart is. Uh, counterintuitive to that right I'm pr- i think at the beginning of the movie when <laughs> when he tells his girlfriend that he's he's lost inside the maze and they're outside the maze looking in like outside <laughs> of the boxes i think i think his friend suggests like why don't i just like tear a hole in it and get you out and he and he and i'm pretty sure he says no like i don't like i don't want that to be the solution mm-hmm I don't know, man. Sometimes when you're working on a project, you just got to scrap what you did and start over. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I do a lot of, um, well, my friend taught me how to crochet over the summer. And there's a lot of, you know, working on stuff and then realizing you messed up, like, five rows ago. So you have to, like, Like undo everything. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it's necessary. Well, and there, burn well, it to the ground. There's also the um, God. I think it's in like, in like Chinese culture. I could be I could be incorrect, but like things that are handmade that like have human faults. Like they might be making a tapestry and like use the wrong thread in a in a particular part, and it makes it unique. It's mm-hmm. it's something that like adds value to that piece of artwork because it's something that is unique and that like shows that it was made by human hands. Like I think there's a term for it actually, but the phrase Gary is looking for here is a Persian flaw. It's an expression referring to the purported practice of Persian rug makers to deliberately put one flaw in every carpet because only God is entitled to be perfect. And it would be arrogant for a mortal to aspire to perfection. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Or like, um, they'll break a piece of pottery and then like put it back together and you have the like gold seams, like the like, oh yeah, like this was a thing that. I know the pottery thing, um, it might not be exclusive to Japan, but the, the pottery thing I've seen in like Japanese art. Yeah. So it has like a, it has a quality, like part of the beauty of the piece is that it was broken at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like, I don't know. Like this, I guess... this maze has its faults. Like we know that, th- we know that there's a minotaur inside. Like we know. Apparently people die. Apparently people die. <laughs> um, I don't think that completing this thing is going to. I don't get the impression that completing this thing is going to make it whole in a, in a way, if that makes sense. Like it's not going to bring back the people that died. It's not going to bring back his hand. We see him sit down here in this minute. He takes the glove off and his hand is made of cardboard. (laughs) I don't care. 
freaking monument to justice. I lost my hand. I lost my bride. Johnny has his hand. Johnny has his bride. You want me to take my heartbreak, put it away, and forget? That's so weird. Also, like, what happens when he leaves here? Does he... Does he... Just not have a hand anymore? Like, that cardboard hand's not gonna work outside the maze, as far as I'm concerned. It seems like the maze has, like, given life to things. Yeah. That otherwise... There's, like, a magic to this, actually. Mm Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. So, if you think about this maze as a metaphor for how people interact with their own art or other people's Mm. art, do you think then that that magic stays with him and he keeps the cardboard hand <laughs> or huh I, do yeah, you think like, that the magic of the maze is like self suspending so like my, it's like one of those movies that you watch and you're just like okay that was cool and then yeah. once you leave the movie my assumption was that it was really self-contained yeah that that once you left the maze um you're removing yourself from the magic of the maze. Mm-hmm. But I guess I need to rewatch this movie to the end because like there's a part of me that like if he if he finishes the maze, completes it and they find their way out, mm-hmm. I I I think I would really love the resolution of it to be that like oh now he's carrying it with him externally. Mm-hmm. And then that hand still works for him, regardless of the fact that it's made of cardboard. <laughs> I'm wiggling my fingers at the camera, but no one can see me. Um, right? Yeah, I just... I don't know. I don't know. I guess I have to... Like, I definitely think that um, watching this movie, now that we've had this conversation, I think I'm going to have very different opinions about everything we're talking about. But yeah, I just like... I watched it once because a friend recommended it and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And then just like, I never expected to return to this movie, if that makes sense. You know? Right. Like, and, and like people who listen to me on other podcasts know that I'm the kind of person who like obsessively rewatches stuff. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I've only seen this movie once, I think is really telling. Yeah. Well, sometimes once is enough. Like, Oh, sure. No, Sometimes... there are definitely things I've watched that I've been like, okay, I watched that. Like, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it just, you know, it, dep- it depends on the movie. Right. Uh, this was one that I just, I don't, I didn't intend to revisit, and I'm kind of glad that we have. Uh, I'm excited to listen to the rest of this podcast, like everyone else's episodes, mm-hmm. and see how they interact with it. Especially considering the fact that most of them, like, haven't seen it at all. Yeah, so that, that's fun. Yeah, that's a cool experiment. Oh, totally. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really fascinated to see how it all comes together. I'm really sad we don't get the girlfriend. I don't even know her name. She doesn't but, like, even speak the, in this any of our minutes, and it makes me sad. I know it's really sad. It's very frustrating. <laughs> I like her. I really like her. I actually, you know, let me like because we do get some of her in this minute. Like, I really love when she comes in and sits down with him and just like holds his hand. Like, there's something really like. Words aren't going to help him here in, like, what he's mm-hmm. going through. It's easy for someone to be like, oh, it's going to be okay. Like, we're going to figure it out. But, like, sometimes what you need is someone to just be present. Right. Yeah. I'm sad we don't get more of her in our minutes, but. 
He like steps on a sandwich. Where I, have... the, I don't know where the sandwich came from. Where does the sandwich? Where is <laughs> up with the sandwich? Does the sandwich? I sandwich means something. It probably like there's got to be. It's not just a random sandwich in a bag. Like this came from somewhere. Because then, like, why would he react that way? He's like, "Oh, I'm such an asshole." Like, <laughs> Do you think that's because he stepped on the sandwich? I I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just in. I I assumed that that line was in regards to just like the the everything of what's been happening in the maze. But yeah. But I also love the idea that he's just mad that he ruined his sandwich. Well, you know those days where you're just like. You're keeping you're keeping everything like on lock, and then you do one oh, stupid yeah. insignificant thing, and then everything unravels. Yeah. Like I thought, like it's just like oh, and I stepped on my sandwich. Like, That's just great. Like <laughs> just put a cap on this whole thing. Now I don't have anything to eat. I mean, luckily it was still in Ziploc. You can still but eat yeah, it, but it's smush like... now. <laughs> a smush sandwich. I wonder what kind of sandwich this was. I don't think we can tell. It's on white bread, so I'm not really interested. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I don't really like, I don't really like, uh, like, deli meats. So, <laughs> so, like, a ham and cheese is the most unappealing thing to me. Um, I, I, and I worked, I worked in a subway for a long time. This is, this is not... The direction that I was anticipating well, I this conversation. <laughs> White bread. I don't know. Like, it just, that's what <laughs> it made me think of. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe it's a pe- I like peanut butter and jelly. Maybe it's a pe- pe- peanut butter and jelly. Oh, but then definitely don't eat it because then that's just squished and disgusting. Yeah. You need a better bread. White bread's very plain and. You need a heartier bread. Yeah. You need some 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 nutrients, Dave. Jeez. <laughs> I wonder if he made this himself or if she made it for him before she left. Like, there's some sandwiches if you get hungry. Oh. Oh, that actually like warms my heart a little bit. I uh I feel like she's definitely the one that's like in control in this relationship. Like not in control, but like has her <laughs> shit together in a way that Dave does not. That's why I I want I want to figure out if that's the case though like why is she with him? That's what I want. Yeah. To that's my question. I don't know. I don't think we get enough in these minutes in order to like scrutinize their relationship really. Mhm. Maybe it's not just like a like a she sees the potential in him thing. Like look at what he like even though people have died and like they're lost. <laughs> Like, look at this thing he made. Like, yeah, it's kind true. of incredible. Manslaughter or no? Like, <laughs> if it was up to me to name the episodes, it'd be manslaughter or no. <laughs> um. Oh my god. Really though. I also want to know about these people who died. I have concerns with a capital C. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I I definitely think. I think the Flemish tourists died. Uh, I don't remember what happened to the homeless guy from the beginning of the movie. Oh, no. Yeah, there was like a homeless guy. I think he showed up because he wanted pizza or something. Like, I don't really remember the context of that. I don't know. I wonder how many people, like, what's the death toll in Dave Made a Maze? (laughs) For the listener following along, but maybe not keeping track, we have had three deaths so far. Jane, Greg, and Bryn. 
though there might be an asterisk on one of those. And, spoilers, there will be four more. And that's just if you count the humans. There's also the various origami birds, the three shadow dancers, and the maze itself, from a certain point of view. I guess that is problematic if the maze's magic is um, not self-contained, because then those people are like dead, dead. Like, yeah, dead. yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder if like <laughs> I wonder if like they like they died in the maze, but like they got out. Yeah, I don't. If it's like a video game death, or if it's like I don't know. Well, it's um, I think in like. I'm just going to keep bringing up Scott Pilgrim in it because we do that. But um, I think in some, like in the back of one of the Scott Pilgrim books, uh, Brian Lee O'Malley talks about how like all of the evil exes that are defeated, they burst into coins, but they later like wake up in their homes. Like they're not actually dead. They've just been defeated at this moment. I literally didn't know that until, or I had forgotten that until this moment. Yeah. So now like, I don't think we've even talked about it on our show. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they like, I think that, I think that he talks about, it's like a respawn or something. Like it's a video, it's a, mm. it's like a video game. Yeah. You go back to your save point or totally. whatever. I'm, pr- I'm like almost certain that that's something that is, that has come up in like a Brian Lee O'Malley interview. Cause like, otherwise Scott's a murderer. Right. <laughs> he might be the best fighter in the province, but he killed tertiarily. tertiarily. Scott Pilgrim's a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> oh god so, and so is dave so is dave well did he like well, it wasn't his hand like he, right like he didn't murder them yeah that's he's, why it's manslaughter like he's it's his fault but uh-huh <laughs> uh-huh the lines are blurred yeah i was trying to just google like how many people died in this movie and i can't i can't find a quick and easy answer <laughs> So I, I, okay, so I'm looking at the synopsis for this on Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. and it says, they also randomly bring over a hobo, because apparently he knows about cardboard. Oh my god. Oh, the hobo doesn't enter the maze. So he survives. The hobo survives. Okay. Because he knows about cardboard. That's a terrible joke. (laughs) Such a bad joke. Oh my god. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I have to I just have to rewatch this after after doing this. I think we talked about it a little bit in the previous minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, but the the how did they interview people get in? Are they lost too or did well, they just so like find him or As far as I remember, um Dave got lost in the maze. His girlfriend came home and like found the cardboard fort. And found out, like, and and they have a discussion about how, like, oh, he's lost, don't come in here. Uh, She invited his friend Gordon, the guy with the beard that we recognized a Mm -hmm. couple minutes ago. Um, Mm -hmm. The one who gives him the funny look when he says tertiary. Yeah. And then Gordon, in turn, invited a bunch of other people. And I think that they just all entered the maze, like, despite Dave telling them, no, I'm lost, like, I don't want you to be trapped in here, too. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So how do these interview people expect to get out? Are they just going to follow him? or I don't know. Maybe they didn't believe that they were <laughs> actually going to get lost. 
You're like, oh, this is like a little thing. Like, no, what? Like, how? What do you mean lost? And then they get inside, and it's like enormous and labyrinthian. Right. And uh, does nobody have a compass? I, like, does do nobody it, do have like an app work? on their phone? How does that like, help? I don't know. Uh, don't they say? Don't they say that if you're if you're lost in a place, you're supposed to like, like, stay put. I. I, I always heard that, like, to find your way out of a maze, you're supposed to, like, follow, like, all same, like, f- like, follow the walls around. Like, even if you get into the dead ends, like, you put your hand yeah. on one of the walls and you, like, f- just keep going until you, until you get back to where you started. Like, I don't know how that works necessarily. Yeah, does nobody I, have, like, a Sharpie or I something? I think it's something to that effect. Like nobody has a sharpie to just drag along the wall as they go, so they, they should know have where brought. They should have brought a thread, like like in the like, myth, like man. in the Greek myth. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's how. That's how. <sighs> oh, well. Theseus, I think, is the one who kills the Minotaur. That's how he escapes. Yes, yes. But help from his GF. So yeah, go her. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I guess I will have to watch this movie. I guess. Oh, pulling teeth <laughs> over there. Okay, yeah. I think uh, I think that's everything I had about this movie for these four minutes. Legit. I appreciate you joining me for these four minutes. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, it was fun being really clueless <laughs> and lost. Um, have you done any other like movies by minute shows where like you hadn't seen the movie? Um, I don't remember if this was on or off mic, but, uh, Mad Max. Oh yeah, I think uh, we did talk, I don't, yeah, you're right. I don't remember if it was on mic or not, but I do remember talking about that. <laughs> um, Mad Max, and then I think there's, uh, I don't remember if, hmm. I had a couple episodes. I don't usually guest a lot. On the first season so. of Mogwai Minute, and I had never seen oh. Gremlins before. You've never seen Gremlins? Uh, well, I've seen it since. Oh. But I had not seen it prior to being a guest on that show. Oh, man, you weren't traumatized as a child by that movie? No, I was traumatized <laughs> in real time. People can listen to me <laughs> reacting to, like, watching the Mogwai eat chicken. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, my God. So I was I was on that show totally blind. I hadn't seen the movie before, and it was wild. I've done like so a handful funny. of other ones where like I watched the movie specifically so I could be a guest. Right, right. But that was the only thing I'd gone in completely blind. And and George Hendricks was like, "Don't watch it. I have the perfect minutes for you." <laughs> uh, and it was gross. <laughs> so yeah, That's that funny. was fun. So yeah, I, I I appreciate you coming and enduring this. Yeah. Uh, I've been fun. doing, I've been like low key doing all the plugs this week, but do you have anything in particular that you want to plug today before we're done? Um, I know we talk about our minute stuff a lot on Dueling Genre, but I also, um, now executive produce a, yeah. um, an audio drama. Um, if you like angsty millennial stuff, I don't know. Um, if yeah. you're listening to this, I don't know how much overlap there is, but there's a show on there called, um, Geek by Night and I'm really proud of it and everyone should go listen to it because it was a lot of work and a lot of fun and it's my baby. So everyone should <laughs> definitely go and listen to it because I love, I love it so much. Uh, it was like one of the first things on Dueling Genre that I started listening to before I was on Dueling Genre. So, uh, <laughs> it's really, it's really great. And 
there was an announcement that season two is coming and I could not be mm-hmm. more stoked. So people so, should check that out. Yeah. Yes, totally. please. Please. Totally. And thank you. Um, of course, like, like we said, the minute shows Lord of the Rings minute is great. Um, thank Harry you. Potter minutes coming back with season three. It's some amb- an- ambiguous time in the future. And, uh, Ferris Bueller's Minute Off is available at Dueling Genre as well. Uh, all 100 minutes of that nicely wrapped in a little bow and done for anyone who wants to go and check that out because that is, like, my favorite movie of all time. Again, with <laughs> the, like, angsty teens and stuff. Right. Um, well, I mean, he's, like, Dave isn't really a teen, but... He's not a teen. But I think that that angst is still coming from a similar place. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. And then I could probably disarm all the traps. And then we could we could finish this maze. Who is with me? That was Gary Roby of Harry Potter Minute and Cassandra Fredrickson of Lord of the Rings Minute taking on Minute 48 of Dave Made a Maze. I think four in a row is enough. Next time on Dave Made a Minute, we've got Chris Frayne and Rudy Thornburg of Open the Podcast Doors How taking on Minute 49. Thank you for listening to Dave Made a Minute. Intro dialogue snippets were taken from Dave Made a Maze, directed by Bill Watterson, written by Bill Watterson and Steve Sears, and produced by John Charles Meyer. Intro music is Diversion by The Equals, featured in the film Dave Made a Maze, and Life Cycle of a Match by Parvis Decree. Outro music is Leaving This Godforsaken Place and Her Presence is Strong Here by Parvis Decree. Dave Made a Minute is a production of Lemming Drop Studio and all other featured podcast producers. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dave Made a Minute. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice, and check out all of the participants' other shows to spread the love around. Again, thank you for listening. As long as we're all working together, this is going to be fine. It's going to be great. I need you to notify the families of everyone who died here today. Totally. Wait, what? Now the traveler moved through time, using the power of his mind. I don't think that's the case here. No. And Mannheim's experiments with gravity and time were rudimentary and uncontrollable. Captain, I think this is one instance where you should suppress your natural tendencies. Oh, really? One of your strengths is your ability to evaluate the dynamics of a situation and then take a definitive, preemptive step, take charge. Now, you're frustrated because you not only can't see the solution you can't even define the problem hmm go on what we're facing is neither a person or a place at least not yet it's time you're saying i should just sit down shut up and wait well i wouldn't have put it exactly like that not something i do easily your persian flaw yes perhaps it is